From KYW News Radio, the Delaware Valley's news authority, this is Flashpoint. What's igniting debate online and in your community? I'm KYW Community Affairs reporter Cherry Gregg, and we'll run through the big issues of the week that are getting folks hot under the collar. Coming up on this podcast. We're taking a look back at the best segments of Flashpoint this year, and one of the most impactful shows took a deep dive into gun control. Days after a mass shooting in Las Vegas claimed 58 lives, advocates from all sides went in. We're not talking about taking away people's guns. Are it there, kind of are, sounds like not, that a bit, though. Okay. Why some believed that the Las Vegas massacre was to be a changemaker. Then in one of our most listened to episodes, he uses his status on the football field to push for change. We've been looked at as troublemakers and people who are trying to race bait. The Philadelphia Eagle moving the conversation on justice reform. Hey guys, listen up. When you're done with the show, would you do me a favor? Please provide a review and rate this podcast and feel free to provide feedback often. We need reviews to push us to the top. Now back to the show. Thanks all. Welcome back to Flashpoint. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. This week, we're taking a look back at some of the best segments of the year. And one of the most interesting was the debate over gun control in the wake of the mass killing of 58 people and more than 500 injuries during a country music concert in Las Vegas. So there's a shooting. There's a shooting. The shooting sparked debate as lawmakers called for stricter gun control. Here's what Philly had to say. You got people dying. Some people are afraid to go out. Nobody needs a semi-automatic machine gun. This has to be the time to talk about it. With me in the studio to discuss this flashpoint is Shira Goodman, executive director of Ceasefire PA. Esther Davis, grandmother to six-year-old Mahaj Brown, who was shot 10 times with an AK-47 back in 2016. And finally on the phone, we have Maj Ture, founder of Black Guns Matter. Welcome to Flashpoint. Thanks for having us. We all heard about what happened in Los Las Vegas this week. I want to go around and just get reaction from you. And I'll start with you, Shira. I was horrified that yet again, this has happened. The death toll so high, so many injured. In the last year and a half, we've now broken two records. And it's shameful. But those 59 people, we lose 93 a day to suicide, homicide, unintentional shootings. We need to be having a completely different conversation about safety and guns and regulation than we've been having. And I hope this will finally kick some people into having that conversation. Maz, your reaction? At Black Guns Matter, we're dealing with firearm safety and training and education so people don't do these things to give people the tools to defend themselves against these types of travesties. I don't even know really what to say, but to all of the family members that lost family members, you know, it's really about them at this point more than anything else to me. Esther, I know that your grandson was severely impacted. What's your reaction when you heard about this? My condolences to all the family members and the victims of the shooting. I was actually in Vegas, and we left Friday. Had I stayed, I could have probably been there. It's scary. It's happening everywhere. Every time we have a mass shooting, there's a huge rush to talk about gun control. Is this debate the same as before? We do start having this debate. People will say it's not time to talk about it. It's too easy for people to get guns who shouldn't have them. We have too many guns. We need to talk about the kinds of guns that are available. And all of those things are consistent with the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is not sacred among our rights. It's the same as the other rights. It's subject to reasonable regulation. Instead, in Harrisburg and Washington, we're always talking about how do we get more guns to more people? We need to totally change that conversation. 
I think Cher is completely inaccurate in that sense. I think we as more evolved people, especially in America, need to have the conversation about how can we limit people that do the wrong thing and stop them and, and punish them properly, as well as how can we maintain the rest of America's freedoms? Do I think that there needs to be a, a more people informed, educated, and safe? Absolutely. To the extent where we're boxing people in and limiting their human rights, I disagree with that. I, I and, and I want to get Esther to weigh in because your grandson was shot with the AK-47. Yeah, he was leaving my home around 11 o'clock. PM that night. I was going on a trip, so his godfather picked him up. As I watched him get in the car, then I heard gunshots. The gunshots were so loud, I thought they were coming through my window. So I immediately jumped to the floor, called his goddad, and he's like, Mom, we're hit. We're hit. The size of those bullet holes, the size of a quarter. Imagine a child getting hit 10 times. So, yeah, people have the right to bear arms. People have the right to defend themselves. But where, what defense did he have? And, and Maj, what do you think about that? I mean, is there a line, do you think? Whether it's a high-powered weapon or if it's a Saturday Night Special, everyone has the right to live. We tend to think that guys that are about, and women that are about, you know, Second Amendment and preserving rights, that somehow that means that we're anti-life. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. A six-year-old does not deserve that. I hope and pray that that person never leaves jail. Maj, the, the pro- problem here is we're punishing people that are doing the right thing with their human right well, for Maj, the sins of the people that are doing the wrong thing with a tool. This, sh- mm-hmm. this shooter in Las Vegas, by all accounts, he was a law-abiding gun owner and a good guy until he went up into that hotel room and started shooting. He passed his background checks. He bought things legally. He bought this bump fire stock that can convert a semi-automatic into almost a fully automatic, and that was legal. It may not be in now, the future. Yeah. In the future, our rights have responsibilities. Right. Should there be I a limitation? Should people be able to buy AK-47s? No, yes. I don't agree with that. If you murder somebody with a knife, a car, we punish them under the law. I think what's happening is we, we have these revolving doors where guys get out and women get out when they should not get out. There should be mandatory minimums in that sense for people that are using firearms to harm American citizens. Could you say instead of being able to own 14 high-power rifles, you can only own five? How about none? Why do you need an Mm AK-47 to protect yourself? When you talk about mass shootings, you're talking about 1% of shootings. Do you think the audience of the victim here, which is people who love country music... Will this change the discussion? Exactly. Because you realize bullets don't discriminate. White, black, brown... We all bleed red and we all love our kids and we all want to be safe. So, yes, I think more people will start talking about this. Maj, one thing I agree with him is these shootings are a small percentage of the daily toll of gun violence. They just they are so big. But we can't forget about what's happening in the cities. What happened to Esther's grandson? He, He lost his leg and her grandson survived. Right. So we have to do something. And we're not talking about taking away people's guns. Are it there, kind of are, sounds not, like that a bit, though. Okay. I think there are things that we can do to make sure that guns don't get in the hands of people who have intent to do harm, who are dangerous to themselves and others. Are there any limitations that would be acceptable well, to Well, there you? already are limits in place. Again, it's a 4473. So no we additional. So the answer is, other than what already exists, exists, no. Everything exists. Maybe we shouldn't even be talking about gun control to stop these mass shootings. I think we should be talking about safe, responsible ownership, but I think we should be having conversations about whether there are certain kinds of guns that shouldn't be on the market or if they should be differently regulated, if there are certain kind of regulations on ammunition, which is virtually unregulated right now. And we also need to talk about economic opportunity, educational opportunity. I want to deter it before it happens. What can be done is more education, more training, 
not restricting the people that are doing the right thing with their rights. There needs to be stop being that revolving door at the prison industrial complex. We have to stop pretending as if we're not infringing on the Second Amendment and a most a most Americans' rights to defend their human life. Miss Esther, I mean, this I, is, you've seen it happen. You've seen the result of it. What do you think the conversation should be focused on? There's always a limit to everything. If you are allowed to purchase a gun, it should be a limit to the type of gun. I don't think you should have an AK-47 in your home. If you are allowed to purchase a gun, then it should be a regulation that says you need to be taught how to use this gun. 15-second final word. I mean, this is likely going to happen again. Guns are already regulated. I do agree that people should get training. But when the government steps in and says, hey, you have to do this particular thing, nah, I think each individual citizen should be responsible on their own. We let our rights be regulated in all sorts of ways, and we need to change the way we talk about this. And it's important that people who think like Maj does and who think like I do talk to each other. So I appreciate the opportunity. It's not just the per- people that's purchasing the guns. You have to look at every aspect. More stipulations should be applied. More strict things should be applied before you're able to get a gun. Thank you to Maj Ture. Thank you to Esther Davis. Thank you to Shira Goodman for talking about this flashpoint in the news. Next up, our fan favorite newsmaker is using his position on the football field to make an impact in criminal justice reform. People don't really understand just how vast and these, these issues are. And- Three ways this eagle is helping to create solutions. This is Flashpoint, where we talk about the issues that get everyone hot and bothered. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg, a fan favorite for our podcast, burned up social media and took over headlines in the wake of NFL players kneeling during games. Philadelphia Eagles safety Malcolm Jenkins was a loud voice on the issue of criminal justice reform with the activist, entrepreneur and philanthropist tweeting a call for players and fans to lock arms doing a game this fall. Malcolm, welcome to Flashpoint. I appreciate you having me. You've been extremely busy, and a lot of it has to do with your passion for criminal justice reform. It all started last year with the deaths of uh, Alton Sterling and Philando Castell that mm-hmm. really sparked me to want to wanna use my platform to, to become part of the solution. I wanted to learn what the issues were. The first thing we did, we reached out to Philadelphia police and, and sat down with the Commissioner Ross. That conversation led me more so looking at our criminal justice system and the policies behind our police, more so than killings of, of people in, in the community. That led to me doing ride-alongs with the police that took me with uh, other NFL players to Capitol Hill, meeting with members of Congress mm-hmm. to talk about legislation to reform. We went to visit a couple prisons. We, I saw Greaterford. Yeah, we went to Greaterford Prison, which was a crazy experience. We took Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell, through that same tour that I had went through over the, over this past year in one day uh, with community groups uh, in North Philadelphia. And it was a good opportunity for them to get a better understanding of you know what the players have kind of been uh, demonstrating for what we've been use, trying to use our platform to draw attention to, 
Yeah. So tell me something surprising that you learned. The most disheartening thing, not necessarily the police or the prison system, but the reentry and what that looks like as you try to transition out of jail or the prison system and try to become a productive citizen. People can, you know, deny you loans. You don't get public assistance, housing, housing, education, you know, all of these things that are, are vital for people to succeed and, and grow wealth and, and, and become productive citizens are denied to you. And, and you're saying that one third of Americans, you know, are in that bucket. You know, those are things that I feel like I, I didn't know going into it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't really understand just how vast and, and these these issues are and how many people they affect, especially communities of color. We've been kind of robbing these communities of fathers leaders, talent. Being a professional football player allows you access and voice that other people don't have. How did you view this platform and did it sort of shift for you? You know, at first, you know, my, the extent of my activism was to see a video, retweet a hashtag, and then that was kind of it. But once I started to proactively look for opportunities to help, Mm -hmm. I began to see that my influence and reach goes far beyond my social media following. And so being able to get a meeting, you know, within a week or so with the, the commissioner of, of police here in Philadelphia was... Did I, you know you could do that kind of stuff? I didn't at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, you know, within three weeks we of deciding we wanted to go to Capitol Hill, we got meetings with legislators. People who do this work day in and day out, lobby or on the Hill all the time, sometimes don't get those meetings. Once we realized we can get into these doors, uh, we wanted to make sure that, you know, we use that that leverage, but not necessarily bringing our voices to the table, but bringing the voices to the table of the people who've been doing this work day in and day out. There's been recent controversy about kneeling during the anthem. Talk about what you were doing, why you decided to tweet about this issue. So I've been raising my fist since last uh, September during the anthem. Uh, I saw what happened when Kaepernick took a knee and he knelt or sat at first. And just the amount of uh, backlash he got that had nothing to do with his actual message. I mm-hmm. thought it just, it, it it got lost. And But I think it was one of those opportunities for me to use something that's already been done. You know, we talk about Tommy Smith and John Carlos back in the day raising their fists. You know, everybody kind of already knows the context of, of that demonstration. So that's why I chose what I've done. But, you know, in recent recent events, I thought it important to highlight the support that our players have gotten from their own teammates, from mm-hmm. their from their organizations, from their fan base, because everything up until this point um, has really been divisive. And we've been looked at as troublemakers and people who are trying to race bait um, when, in, when in all actuality that's not the case now you've come into philly you've been here a few years now you like <laughs> philly mm-hmm. i mean I, I like it i like being in philly uh the food it's, is good it's an activist city and i saw that you blog now you also have a couple businesses yeah. foundation i came to philly and got so much support from you know not only just the fans but the community in general it makes it much more enjoyable for me when i can you know, plant my own roots and really get involved and entrenched in the community. Do you feel like there's something on the field that you want to focus on as well? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I still want to bring a Super Bowl to the city. The older I get, the the more and more I take on outside of the field. But, you know, football is still my number one focus. What would you like to see happen from all these efforts that you and other players are putting in to get reforms? I want to be able to empower others through my businesses, everything I do, I'm, I'm trying to give opportunities. So when I see, you know, myself being done with, with all of this, 
I want to be able to look at how many people I've impacted and not just gave them a handout, but really equip them with an opportunity to reach their own potential. I know how many things you have to do right in order to get to this position and then to use it for good. I congratulate you on that. So thank you so much for appearing on Flashpoint. Thank you. Next up, our favorite change maker of the week made the news for taking on house stealers. Investors coming in and really preying on families. A West Philly lawyer's bounty on We Buy Houses signs. This is Flashpoint, and I'm Cherry Gregg. We here at KYW are all about community. And one of my favorite change makers of the year was actually a newsmaker who stole headlines when he decided to put out a bounty on the We Buy Houses signs. He wanted to put a stop to outside investors who lurk, hoping to prey on and take advantage of longtime residents in a financial bind. The guy behind it all? West Philly lawyer, Michael Froelich. Mike. Welcome to Flashpoint. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you here. So what exactly pissed you off about those We Buy Houses signs? Like a lot of people in in Philadelphia, I see them everywhere. Uh, I live in West Philadelphia, and these signs have been popping up with increasing regularity all over the place. And I just started thinking, what can I do about this? And I decided, what if I offer a bounty? I posted something on a neighborhood uh, Facebook page saying I would offer a $1 bounty for any We Buy Houses sign that people could bring to me. And what was the reaction? It was crazy. Well, at first I said, I've got $200 to spend on this, which was a little bit of a reach for me. But I figured that if I could get $200, the 200 signs off the streets, that that would actually make a difference. I got 200 uh, signs within 24 hours. And then a friend and a neighbor of mine said that, that she would match it. So then I said, I'll, I'll go up to $400, 400 signs. And within 48 hours, I had 400 signs. Uh, since then, completely unsolicited, I've received um, almost another $800 from people who hate these signs as much as, as I do. And so the bounty is open for everybody who can bring me a sign up to $800. i will give you a buck for each one. By day, you're a lawyer. And what did you find about the, the folks who put these signs up? I'm a legal aid lawyer with Community Legal Services. We help homeowners save their homes from mortgage and tax foreclosure sale. This was sort of in the same vein as that, but it, it went a little bit afield, and it was definitely something that I was doing on my own. I have no problem with homeowners, especially longtime homeowners who are in gentrifying neighborhoods cashing out, selling their home, and moving on. But what really irks me is when these We Buy Houses uh, folks trick the homeowners and don't allow the homeowners to get fair market value for their home. And so is that what you found, that these people, when you call these numbers, when they do make these offers, they're far below? That's exactly right. What, what we typically find at Community Legal Services is families come in to see us and they suffered some kind of a temporary financial crisis. Um, maybe the mom lost their, her job or maybe um, you know, a cousin got locked up and the family needed bail money. And caught in this desperate situation, they see one of these signs, they call up the number on the sign post, and then you get a phone call back, says, I'll come out and look at your house. They look at the house and they maybe your house is worth, say, $100,000. But the person that comes out says, 
I think your house is actually worth $60,000. And before you know it, before that family has the ability to do the due diligence to find out what their home is actually worth, they've signed the papers and sold their, their homes for pennies on the dollar. And that's what gets me about these predatory We Buy Houses signs. Now, these signs aren't necessarily easy to get down. Can you give folks some tips? I use a stool. Some people have reported that they have these uh, short six-foot uh, step ladders or three-foot step ladders that they go up on. Some of them are low enough that you can you know, stand on your tippy toes and reach up and pull them down. Just snatch them. That's right. Are you hoping it ripples across? Across the city and we don't see these signs anymore? I sure hope so. And already I've been contacted by a lot of folks in different neighborhoods who are thinking about doing the same thing in their neighborhoods. Can people follow you on Twitter, Facebook, find sure. out more about this if they see those signs and they want a piece of this bounty? You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Frolic One. Congratulations on rolling up your sleeves, getting on a step stool and ripping these things down. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been great to be here. That's it for the best of Flashpoint. Follow KYW News Radio on Twitter and let us know what you think by using the hashtag Flashpoint. You can also follow me at Cherry Gregg. Subscribe to the Flashpoint podcast for exclusive content by using iTunes, Radio.com, or other platforms and searching KYW Flashpoint. If there's an issue that makes you hot under the collar, let us know and we'll walk you through the flames. As author Carl Bard once said, Though no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. Here's to a brand new 2018. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Until next week, Happy New Year and thanks for listening.